welcome to another exciting podcast from Sydney Life Church. And now, here's Pastor Tom Ingalls. Are you enjoying this series? More enthusiasm would be great. All right. Can you go to Matthew 6.33? I'm going to be a fast preach this morning. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. We're doing this series on worship. And um, many of you may have thought that it was the Samadhi course... The, the concepts are taken from the Samadhi course, but this is the Samadhi course here. Um, I just got a, like almost every week I get something from somewhere in the world that people are touched by this, and it just came, I just got a, an email from uh, Portugal this week that people are, are getting together to do the course there. So we're looking for someone to translate this in Portuguese, which is good. Hallelujah. Thanks for your enthusiasm about that. <laughs> Matthew 6.33, God's talking about the kingdom. The kingdom is important. Amen. Amen. Matthew 6.33, it says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What things? The things that He mentions beforehand. And basically what He mentions beforehand is just natural stuff. He says, don't worry about your clothing or what you're going to eat or what you will put on or anything like that. He says, He's basically saying, seek first the kingdom, And everything will be added to you. What's going to be added to me? Basic necessities, because that's where we all start, right? Amen? We all need basic necessities. So God is basically saying that. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added to you. So that was an incredible statement by Jesus, because it meant that it was important. Seek first the kingdom. So there must be something important about seeking first the kingdom. So that means then that God has given us a seeking mind. If God says seek the kingdom, you and I should be trying to find out, is this important, this kingdom? What is he talking about? Because a lot of people say, I will never understand God. Well, God hasn't given us, he hasn't hidden things for us not to find. He's actually hidden things for us to discover. Amen. So he says, he's basically saying here, within the kingdom... There's a lot of stuff that I'd like you to find, but you've got to find it. You've got to find it. If you don't search for it, then you will walk through life without this treasure that the kingdom has got. So there's something powerful here about this statement. We can, we can, you know, we can quote these verses ad lib, and it doesn't really mean anything to us. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And then other stuff will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. So everything that is valuable has to be sought. Have you noticed that? The great gems, the world's gems and diamonds and all the gold and everything has got to be, it's got to be sought. You've got to look for it and find it. One of the jobs I had um, before when I met Barbara actually, I was with a company called De Beers Diamond Research. And um, we used to get in these, like a ton or tons of, of uh, diaminiferous, um, big, huge, big rocks. And we used to bring them in in tons. And, and then we would go through the process, the laboratories, I, I was in charge of some laboratories, and the process was they would bring these things in, and then the process was we would actually look in, and see if there was any diamonds that, that was in that sample. So there'd be truckloads would come into to my laboratories. 
They would dump the stuff and then it would go through a process of all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it took weeks for us to get to the end result. Where I had a team, I had a bit... Uh, well, I had a lot of people at that time, but we had tables like this and we had lots of people. The, the last phase was actually ladies and men had been trained to look and, and tell the difference between fake diamonds and real diamonds. And then the, the next stage, the last stage, was the quality of the diamonds. And then all these reports would come back to me. Then I would write out a, a simple um, it was a it was a form. It was just a almost a simple form, and and um, the, you know I had to report whether whether I felt that the analysis that we had done in the laboratories was sufficient for further investigation. And we got them we got them from Australia. This was in, when I was in South Africa, but we got stuff from Australia. We got it from South America. I'll never forget. We got it from all over the world. And then going through the process, I would write there. I would say, okay, according to what we found. You know, Anglo-American or De Beers Diamond Research can invest more money in the work in Brazil or in Australia or wherever it may be based on what was found. But we had to find something before there would be more investment. And I was thinking about that and I thought that's exactly how it, it is with God. You've got to find stuff before God will invest the next investment in your life. Come on, man. Amen? You've got, to, you've got to discover. You've got to look for stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't just come because we're born again. It doesn't just come because you come to church once a week and hear a sermon. You've actually got to search for stuff. Because there's things actually that God has, wants you to f- discover that you're not even thinking about. You ever opened up your Bible? I'm sure all of us have. Where we're thinking about something. We're thinking maybe, for example, about healing. Maybe that's the challenge of the day. Maybe we're praying for a sick one or whatever it may be. And healing is at the front of our memory. And, and so, you know, we open up our Bible and we're looking for healing scriptures. But all of a sudden, we end up in some other scripture. And we think, well, that's interesting, you know. And so you start focusing on that, which is not necessarily healing. And you think, wow, that's a really... I don't know if you do that, but I do that. You know, thank you for that. And so, and so, and so... You know, I've often felt, you know, Lord, wow, I wasn't even looking for that, but now I've discovered something. So the whole, I believe the Holy Spirit will direct you for new discoveries of stuff outside what you think you need. Amen. He will lead you and he will guide you. And so uh, God cannot invest unless you find something and then he'll invest some more. And so um, you think about it like this, the next great invention is hidden. But somebody's going to find it. I mean, I believe they even said this week that cancer was, they had discovered a cure for cancer. You know? Well, if no one's looking for it, you ain't going to find it. But there's probably been thousands of, of researchers all over the world collaborating with one another. We've got this, we've got that. What have you got? We've got this, we've got that. And collectively, they come to the conclusion, now maybe this is what we need to cure cancer. But if you don't look for it, you don't find it. It's exactly the same with God's Word. You have to search for it. So the kingdom then is open for discovery. That's what I'm trying to say. The kingdom is open for discovery. And when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom, it meant that there's treasures in the kingdom that Tom Ingalls, you need. That's what basically Jesus was saying. Tom, there's stuff in there that you definitely need. Amen. But you won't get it casually. You'll only get it by searching. 
It says in 2 Corinthians, I'll read to you from the Amplified, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. You're supposed to know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. So some people say, well, how come I don't have this stuff? Because you haven't been searching. Amen? See, God is not a respecter, so he's looking for searchers. Amen? I continually look for stuff regarding worship. When God gave me that, that word on worship. So then I thought, oh, I've got a word from God for worship. He's going to use me to touch people in, in the area of worship, understanding worship. Then I started searching and I found, wow, I think he wants me to search more. And I kept searching. And today I'm actually still searching on the subject of worship. Amen. Because the search hasn't finished. There's still things he wants to show me. It's the same with you. There is, guys, there is areas that God is actually priming you up for right now regarding ministry. He's priming you up. But he's saying, until you search those areas, you're, you're, until you're drawn into Luke for that. If it's evangelism, then God will draw you into evangelistic scriptures. If it's, if it's praying for the sick, he'll draw you into those kind of scriptures. Whatever it may be, if it's in business, God will draw you to those scriptures. He'll draw you to that stuff so that you're well equipped. Amen. But if you're not searching, you won't find anything. So is that fair? You only find what you're searching for. So God has given us a searching heart. This guy, Nicodemus, a scholar, he came to Jesus at midnight. He was kind of, you know, he was kind of, you know, shy, I guess. And, he, you know, he probably heard this. He says, this guy, Jesus, is preaching on being born again, you know. And so, so he's just sitting there, unlike a whole lot of others who never thought anything about that statement. Here's this guy, Jesus. He's causing a bit of a ruckus, but he's preaching on being born again. And he's probably sitting one night thinking, or maybe this went on for a while, but at some stage, and it came to a crux that night, he thought about this. What does this guy actually mean about being born again? You know? I want to find out what he means. So he goes at midnight when no one's watching him to find out what does Jesus mean by being born again? Because he's inquiring. Amen. And it says in the scripture here, Nicodemus said to him, Jesus, how can a man be born when he is old? So he's thinking, he's mystified by this. He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born. Can he? He asking Jesus a question. And Jesus answered, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, unless one, one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter. And Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. So he's, he's saying, how can I be born again? And Jesus says, this is what you've got to do to enter the kingdom of God. I don't know if you're aware of this, but, the, but Jesus' priority preaching was about the kingdom. It was always about the kingdom. There's no coincidence, even the last sermon of Paul was about the kingdom. For 40 days after Jesus was resurrected and he met people, he spoke about the kingdom. So there's something about the kingdom that is really important. What is important about the kingdom? What's important about the kingdom is this, that within the kingdom is everything you will ever need to be a kingdom citizen. 
I just made an important statement there because a kingdom citizen actually distinguishes you from everybody else who walks the streets here. That's what actually distinguishes you. Who are you? I'm a citizen of the kingdom. What does that mean? It means I have access to heavenly stuff. Amen? How do you get that word? Because I, I, I'm, I'm understanding stuff that God has given me. So I don't think the way people think. Now this is really difficult, guys, because I know we are so drawn into the world system. We are so drawn into thinking the way everybody thinks. That's the way we're primed, we're bombarded with stuff every day on television, on radio. When we speak to people, people, people are speaking negative and, and you hear it all the time. We're so bombarded with the world's ways and the way the world speaks and the way the world does things that we can get drawn into it. But you're actually not part of that kingdom at all. You belong to another kingdom. A kingdom that thinks completely different. In fact, the Bible says you're seated in heavenly places. So you, you actually think from a heavenly perspective. I know you know all this stuff. That's great. But maybe, maybe we have to hear it again. Amen. Because we can hear so much. We assume we, we know so much. Never forget John, uh, John Osteen. And I've shared this with you years ago. John Osteen, not Joel Osteen. John Osteen visited our church in South Africa years ago. I'll never forget this. And he said something powerful. Now, God was using him mightily. He'd already built a, a great church in Houston. God was using him mightily. We, in fact, Barbara and I visited that church. And, and he go up. And so here's John Osteen, the big man of God, coming to our church in South Africa. And he got up and he said this. He says, you know, you, you, know you, you often think that you know a lot of stuff. And he did know a lot of stuff. He says, but you know, I, uh, he says, I was, I was sitting listening to a preacher. And I knew what he was going to say because he basically just had one message. And it was John 3.16. And you know, he says, I, I knew exactly what he was going to say. Now, whether we had heard them before or not, I don't know. But it's a very powerful principle in this for all of us. And so, you know, he says, I went there, maybe with the, I don't even know if it was his church he was preaching at. But he says, I went there, maybe with a bit of a, a wrong attitude. I went with the attitude, I know what the guy's going to say. He's only basically got one message, but God uses him to get soul saved. It's John 3.16, you know. So he's sitting there and he's got this little bit of an attitude. I know what he's going to say. I'm not going to learn that much. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And the Holy Spirit said to him, anytime that anybody opens up my word and shares from my word, you pay attention. Don't you think for a minute that you know it because that's disrespect from my word. I can still show you something through this man, although you've heard him before, although you know the scripture. Blah, 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 blah. Amen. I don't want us ever to be like that. That we think that we know it all. Amen. Because we don't. It's a respect for the Word of God. A lot of churches are moving a, a, another way there. And I, I think it's a, probably a good thing that when, when the Word of God is, is, open, is read at the beginning, people stand up to honor that. To honor the Word of God. I'll never forget that by John Osteen. 
that there's got to be a, a respect. There's got to be a, well, not not a God. God, teach us something that we thought we already knew. That's what I'm trying to say. Teach me something we thought we already knew. See, when we've got that attitude, then God will show us mysteries in the kingdom that we need to discover. It's an attitude of the heart. So Jesus was basically talking about the kingdom and what can be in the kingdom. And you can find uh, Paul talking about this, the kingdom as well, his last sermons in Acts 28. You'll see that. So you're a kingdom citizen. You've, you, you've, got, you've got all of heaven's resources available to establish heaven on earth. Listen to what it says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I talked a little bit at the beginning about the basic necessities are added unto you. But if you look at the big picture, here's what God wants to do. He wants to add everything that you need to establish the kingdom that he's ordained for you before the foundation of the world. This is a big picture here. Amen. In other words, God, is, God is, has got something in mind for you to expand the kingdom, to affect the kingdom. From before the foundation of time, God had you in mind. Amen. So basically what God's saying is, I want you to establish the kingdom. First of all, I want you to trust me for basic necessities. Now this is huge. If we cannot trust God for basic necessities, then we probably won't be able to trust Him for big things that's going to actually affect the kingdom. Is this making sense? Amen. Because we often want to do the big thing. And God says, but you're not trusting me for the small thing. For the basic necessities. So that's number one. Basic necessities are just a start. Number two, you have the ability to see things the way God sees them. He's raised us up together, Ephesians 2.6, and made us to sit together. This is interesting, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. We're going to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ. I may be wrong, but I think what this could mean here is that what that's talking about, we're sitting together with God in heavenly places. And it's like God is saying, okay, I want to show you this, and I want to show you that, and I want to show you this, and I want to show you, we're sitting together in heavenly places. Amen. It's huge. It's huge. We're sitting together. I want to show you stuff. Amen. So the third thing is this, and I love this one. You have an unlimited power over the enemy as a kingdom citizen. Unlimited power over the enemy as a kingdom citizen. This is a big one. All of these are necessities that we have to operate in. He says, Behold, I give you authority to trample in serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Unlimited power. You need that power. We're going to need that power as we, as we move into these end times. You're, you're going to need that power. Things are escalating fast. A friend of mine, he's a minister. He's got a good church. Um, we Skyped this week. And um, I'm actually doing a confer- conference for him later this year. He's in Birmingham. And he said to me, we're just talking. I said, how are things going? He said, ah, it's getting crazy out there, Tom. He said, you, you have no idea how things are changing so fast in the UK regarding what we can and what we can't do. He says, it's just, it's, it's, it's scary. You know, you know, we, he says, he says, there was a thing came up just this week 
and it was, is it, uh, I don't know if it was a friend of his, it was someone that he knew or whether he read it, but it was like, you cannot preach anymore that Jesus is the only way. There is other ways. Since when? But these are some of the things. See, we don't know what persecution is, but it's coming. Jesus is the only way. Amen? But there's forces right now that's trying to stop us from saying that. But now's the time to get on the ground and actually believe that. We don't have to preach it to end up in jail and look good. But we have to believe it and live it and act on it. Amen? That's where the power lies. If all the great preachers got up and just was being politically correct and ended up in jail, we wouldn't have any preachers. But that's, that's, it's good to stand up for what is right. I'm not saying we don't. But what I'm saying is what's better is to stand up for what is right in your own life. That's more important. Do we believe that Jesus is the only way in my own life? Therefore, am I going to stand on everything that he says for me? God will take care of the rest. God will strengthen you through persecution. He'll protect you through persecution. But you've got to stand. It's like the basic necessities. Is this working for me? Do I actually believe in this? Do I trust God enough to stand up and believe Him for healing? I mean, basic necessities. Believe Him for finances. Believe Him for the best job. Believe Him to influence people. Yes. Yeah. Number four. Is a kingdom citizen and gone fast. You have the right to intimacy with God. This is another key. As a kingdom citizen, you have access to heaven, but you have the right with intimacy with God. I don't know if we understand that. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery almost, this whole thing, you know. I, I, imagine it, you know. I mean, j- just imagine it. Jesus comes along. Guys are, you know, this mysterious God in, in the Old Testament and Moving into the New Testament, Jesus comes along. And, you know, Jehovah was someone, man. You know, you, you can't even say the name. You, 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 you know, you, we've got to send the high priest in there to make any, t- any c- contact with God. And we have to have the blood and all this stuff to make sure that our sins are forgiven. Now, this guy's coming along. This Jesus is coming along. And he's talking radical. He's saying stuff. What is he actually saying? He's saying this. He's saying, hey, listen. Whatever you hear me say, I'm not actually speaking. He's speaking. Who's he? God is speaking. You mean God that was in the, the tabernacle? The ark and above the ark? Of the, yeah, that same God. Whatever, whatever you, you hear me say, I'm not speaking. I'm getting it from him. It's all there in John 15, 16. Whatever you see me do, it's actually not me doing it. It's actually him doing it. Amen. So now for the first time, it's like, they must have, these disciples must have said to one another, do you understand what he's saying? Do you, do you know, we're actually, you know, it says we've handled him. We've handled, we, we've actually handled God. We've touched God. We've, we're actually hearing from God. So for the first time, God, God Almighty in heaven was no longer a mystery. He was revealed. They never had to wonder anymore how God looked. How does God look? Well, Jesus says, well, look at me. If you've seen me, you've... 
that what it says? That's what it said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. It's like all of a sudden, oh my God, what's happening here? What's happening is this. That we now know what God looks like. We know how God would act the way he acted, this Jesus. We know exactly how God is. And then Jesus, basically, he gave them that base foundation. And he says, now what you've got to do is you've got to go and discover exactly who I am so that you can really find out who he is. Must have been still a mystery to them. Must have been, oh, this is beyond our, our, this is blown our minds. You can't imagine how radical Jesus was and what he taught. But then Jesus says, don't worry, boys. I'm going to make it easy for you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to come along. And I know there's a lot of mysteries and I know there's a lot of stuff that's beyond you. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to come and help you. And he's going to teach you when I'm gone everything about the Father. Oh, hallelujah. And so, I'll close it with this. The, the big thing is, is the, oh, by the way, God is looking for intimacy with you. The Father is looking for intimacy with you. So let me read this to you because we're talking in the context of worship. Our worship is directly proportional to a revelation of His authority. Did you know that? If we think He's weak, we'll, our praise will reflect it. That's powerful. If you think God's weak, your praise will reflect it. If you think God's strong, boom, your praise will reflect it. Don't go for it. Don't go for any of this stuff. Well, you know, silent prayers and I mean, silent prayers is good and, and silent praise and let's not get and men. Exuberance is important in the kingdom of God. Check out this guy David. The guy was crazy in love with Jesus. He was exuberant. He demonstrated his praise. Every action that you and I have is interpreted in the spirit realm as a strength or a weakness. Amen? Your whole life, the enemy knows exactly. You, you know what you're up against. You're up against incredible forces. And Paul goes through this whole thing in Ephesians and he talks about incredible stuff. Predestination and Adoption, And then he says, and finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. Finally. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against thanks of this world, against the ruler of wickedness and heavenly... I mean, all that stuff. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in your praise. Be strong in your worship. Be strong in your believing. Be strong in your trusting. Be strong. Because God is looking for kingdom citizens who will represent and reflect who He is. And that's basically what this is all about. Jesus is saying, there's the kingdom. You guys are now kingdom citizens. So what does that mean? It means you've got access to the kingdom. But it also means that you reflect who the king is. That's my last point. As a kingdom citizen... You reflect who the king is. How's people going to get to know who Jesus is? He's no longer here, right? So how are they going to get to know who he is? You will reflect that. You see how huge that is. Hallelujah. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
Hallow is an expression of reverence and worship, immediately followed with a confession to release the kingdom of, from heaven to earth. I don't know if you've seen that in that simple prayer. Amen. So he links those two. There's a connection between worship, our Father in heaven, and the release of heaven on earth. It's not unreasonable to suggest that worship actually releases a heavenly dimension on earth. Hallelujah. It's not unreasonable to suggest that according to that scripture. Thy kingdom come. So Jesus is saying this is one of the ways that the kingdom will come strongly if you're strong and you believe. Be strong in everything that I've given you. Be strong in standing on these secrets. Don't be weak. Be strong in faith. Be strong in trusting. Be strong in praise. And yet it's difficult at times because we're, we're weak at times, right? But God knows those occasions. So I'm going to pray for you as we close this morning because we've got a lot on the go still. I'm going to pray for you that you will be strengthened because you have a new revelation of the kingdom. See, this invisible kingdom has got to become real. Amen. So I'm talking about kingdom citizens. You don't live. You don't go by what you can see or what you can feel or what you can touch. You know. You go by what you can't see and what you can't touch and what you can't feel. See, that makes you strong in the kingdom. That makes you a kingdom citizen. That makes you someone powerful. So I'm going to pray for that for all of us that we will be people who have a revelation of the kingdom what is in the kingdom but also who we are as kingdom citizens you are powerful you are powerful in God thanks for your enthusiasm for that if I was preaching this in Africa they'd be jumping up and down you are, you are powerful in God you are powerful in God Amen. You are powerful in God. You're a kingdom citizen. You have access to stuff. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's stand. Let's just all stand. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, help us to grasp the reality of this truth, Lord. Help us to understand that, Father, that we are powerful, powerful citizens of a kingdom that we cannot see but that we know exists. Of power that we don't often feel but we know exists. Of trust that is sometimes difficult to stand on but Father, we know that it works. Father, just help us to understand, Lord. Help us, Father, to access that which is hidden that we need in our lives. Help us, Father, by your Spirit. Baptize us afresh, Father God, this morning even, Father. Baptize us in a fresh revelation of the kingdom. Just lift your hands and just ask God to give you a fresh baptism of revelation of the kingdom of God. Oh, we worship you, Father. Just just as we worship you, Lord, Father, we thank you, Lord, you release a fresh dimension of your kingdom in and through our lives, Lord. This has been another podcast from Sydney Life Church. For more teaching and resources, 
please head to our website, sydneylifechurch.com. 